Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby, who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of four, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of two, and soon to be three, and a practicing physician. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. We are doing a special mini-sode this week, as Sarah just coined the phrase. We are in a slightly different arrangement as we're recording this. Normally record them on the, the days that Sarah is off from work. But she has been away from her job for the past week almost, I think, because of Hurricane Irma. And so she has had quite the experience of evacuating from Miami Beach, trying to find a safe place to be with her two small children. So we're going to do this episode mostly about that experience. So Sarah, we're we're all glad to hear that you are safe and your house is safe too, right? Our house has seems to have survived. We haven't been back yet, um, but the reports are in that nothing major appears to have been smashed or, you know, knocked over. We did have an enormous palm tree in the front yard, which was always something that was like, bothered us. Like, what if that were to fall in the house? And it did fall. Thankfully, it fell like across the street and didn't hit anything, which I, it's like, 
we're super, super thrilled because that was very, very lucky. But the house largely appears unscathed and we did not have flooding, which is awesome. Yeah, that is wonderful. That is such a blessing because I know you've been very concerned about that for the past week. Why don't you talk us through what happened with the ordered evacuation and how you made your decision to leave? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I just have to say this whole thing was so much less straightforward than I expected it to be. So we, we've we only been in Miami, Miami Beach specifically, for four years now. Four years and one month to be exact. And this is the first time we had anything close to this. But I had always told Josh, who is my husband, for those who are just joining us now, that if we got a big hurricane, I wanted out of there. And he was totally fine with that. You know, there are some people who may take pride in kind of experiencing it or riding it out. But he was cool with that, especially with our young kids. So when it happened that we started to see Irma show up on the NHC National Hurricane Center website, I got worried probably, I think it was the weekend prior. So it was like, not this weekend, but a week ago, I started mentioning it. We had some family event where I was like, hey, it looks like that might hit us. And everyone's like, ah, too early, whatever. And the week went on, and it became very clear that Irma was actually headed, and at that point, it looked like directly towards the southeastern tip of Florida, which is where Miami Beach is, and that it was enormous. So we kind of started thinking that we were going to need to get out in some fashion. I guess with a hurricane, the thing is, you don't know exactly where it's going to go. And we didn't have a great plan or a clear, obvious place. Like we didn't have mainland family with a big, sturdy house. We don't have people like, you know, halfway up the state with a generator. So all of a sudden it was like, wait a sec, we have to outrun this thing. We don't actually know where it's headed and we have no obvious destination. So that was much I don't know, less straightforward than I imagined it to be rather than just like, oh, you hop a flight to Philly. Because the truth is, by the time everyone is thinking about getting a flight to anywhere, it's kind of too late. I had actually started researching it like insanely on Tuesday, I think. Now the storm really didn't hit until that following Sunday. But by Tuesday, Wednesday, we knew it was sort of headed there. And it was, it was, it was like by Wednesday morning, gone. No flights anywhere, especially if you wanted for them, which is what we would have yeah, needed. Yeah, what we would have needed. And so you decided to drive out, but that's not simple either. I mean, for people who are like, well, why don't you just get in your car mm-hmm. and leave? I mean, because everyone was on the roads. I mean, we saw the photos of the back bumper-to-bumper traffic coming out of Miami, and, and then there wasn't any fuel either, right? I mean, that was yeah, another that thing. Was, we who would have even, like, that would never have crossed my mind, but the fuel issue actually made the traffic issue so much more harrying and terrifying because, you know, you know how far a tank of gas would normally get you, but you don't know how far a tank of gas is going to get you if you're barely moving. And if you're barely moving and everyone else is going in the same direction. And really the problem with Florida is that there's really only one way out. You, you can't like scatter in all different directions. Unless you have a boat, you've got to go north. There's a little bit of variation, but everyone's going the same way. And when we started to see the gas stations were half out of service and then there began to be this frenzy where every station had like extremely long lines, that was terrifying. I mean, I literally made us stop every, every hundred miles. Like our tank would go from 400 to 300 and I'd be like, if there's any way we can get gas now, we should do it. And we, we all agreed and we did it. Um, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's smart. I mean, and we don't understand that as Americans because we're accustomed to there being a service station, you know, every 
five minutes um, and, and no one would ever be out of fuel. That's not something you'd ever experience. But if we have listeners who've traveled, you know, in the developing world. I mean, there are parts of Africa, for instance, where you have to fuel at every station because if you don't, you won't get to the next one. And and that's just something we, we don't appreciate as Americans until we come to a situation where stuff breaks down like this and and so and and you were also trying to figure out as you were leaving you were changing your plans as well yes we did i say one thing we did right was we kept it very flexible and we created a lot of options for ourselves so we booked a hotel in ocala which is halfway kind of it's like about an hour and a half or so north of it's between orlando and gainesville basically so two-thirds of the way up the state i would say and but we knew that you know we'd like to just be able to have stayed there, but when this we also kind of thought, well, if the storm is going to head up toward there, because that was one definite possibility, that we would need other options. My sister lives in uh, Cary, North Carolina, so to the east and the northeast. And then we decided, you know what, let's book a refundable hotel in Birmingham, so that if the storm is going northeast, we can go to the west instead. But that ended up kind of backfiring because the storm was headed to North Carolina at one point. We drove all the way to Birmingham. We woke up the next morning and they were like, never mind, storm's coming here. Which The cone was over Birmingham. (laughs) Exactly. So, which wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Um, And it wasn't that we were so afraid that that Birmingham was going to get a terrible hurricane. We were in a pretty secure hotel. We knew it would be a tropical storm, but we felt like that would make it incredibly slow and difficult to get back if we were trying to get back in the same direction that the hurricane was going forward. This has we, been a pretty yeah. epic travel, though. I mean, just so our listeners oh, understand. I mean, for, it's you, not over. It's not it's over. Not they got to get back. But you guys left at what, 8.30 on Wednesday we night? 8.30 p.m. Wednesday night. Got in at 3.30 a.m. So I'll call it. So, into Ocala. And that should have taken like four and a half hours. It took seven. Then from Ocala to Birmingham, we like, we left the next day at around 1 PM and got there at like 1 AM. That was Thursday. We did stay in Ocala for the full day on Friday. And in, I guess in Birmingham, Saturday. Sorry, yes, yes. In Birmingham. Thank you. Um, which was great by the way. I love Birmingham now. It's awesome. I want to go back. And then we kind of woke up a bit of a panic yesterday morning, Sunday morning, when it became clear that might be a hard way to get out and drove the, I think it took us 11 hours to get to Carrie, which is just outside of Raleigh. So So now you're with family though, right? You're, you're yes. We've been with my sister, which has been really, really fun and kind of like a bonus trip. That's my silver lining. (laughs) Although it's so hard to view it as a a vacation. I mean, you're on some levels, like if you knew you're like, oh, we're going to go to Birmingham and then to visit my sister and we're going to be off from work for a week. I mean, that sounds fun. It doesn't sound that bad. You can't view it that way when you're in it. Yeah. Or at least I can't. Maybe Josh kept trying to. He's like, you're not in the moment. Like, why are you checking your phone so much? And I'm like, oh, well, because I'm just not in the moment. You're right. I don't think I'm going to get back in the moment. I mean, I respect him for being able to do that. But every time my phone would buzz, I'd be like, is someone hurt? What's going on? What's happening at home? Because the truth is, like, you know, there was so much uncertainty. Um, And thankfully, it seems like friends and family are okay. There are definitely a lot of friends and family with pretty major damage, like um, one of Josh's relatives had his com- car completely smashed, like by a tree, other kind of stuff like that. But lives are unscathed, and that's the most yeah, important. That's thing. good because yeah. you can but replace we didn't know all that, that at the other. Time. Yeah, exactly. But but it's even harrowing to think about, though, as you're thinking about your house and thinking, well, you know, what would three feet of water do in my house? I mean, what would it? 
it would flood, you know, kids artwork that you'd never get back in photos and things like that. And and by the time you know to leave, you don't necessarily have time to get all of that into a safer location. So we did, I threw like our most important files up into a really high shelf. um, And I did bring with us like our very, you know, like they tell you to bring your social security card and all that kind of stuff. So I brought a little plastic bag and shoved that in our luggage. So we have that with us. And actually for some reason I wasn't, I wasn't as concerned about like, well, I guess I was concerned about this stuff. It was more just like, are our lives ever going to be the same kind of a thing if our house had gotten ruined and and we'd be somewhere else for a long time? And, you know, the potential financial damages, because even for people with insurance, there are some very large deductibles when you live where we live. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When you live close to the water. Yes. And and just so people know, Sarah's still not home and she's recording sort of impromptu. We've pieced this together on the road here. If you're wondering if our our sound quality is not as as good as it might normally be, um, that we're still still patching stuff together here but how have your kids taken it i mean i i can't even imagine trying to like entertain two small children in a hotel room for many days and while you're concerned about what's going on with the the house and with family members so how did you manage the kids during all this time that has definitely been a challenge. I think one thing that we've done right is that almost every day that we're not spending the day driving, we've tried to tire them out outside, um, even if that's just a local playground and just let them run and, you know, make it seem like we're on a trip and on a normal day. Um, I think they have definitely picked up on our stress level. You know, we, we keep framing them, oh, this is a fun journey to make sure our family stays safe and everybody back home is in really safe houses and that's why they were able to stay. Because the truth is, we do have a lot of family that stayed more locally because they had a more logical place to go like on mainland in Florida. We just didn't really have that. And all of our immediate family happened to be in that evacuation zone. So, you know, so so we were worried about family and I think our kids did pick up on that, but we kind of emphasized that everyone went to logical and safe places and we showed them, you know, pictures of everybody out hanging out <laughs> in their own storms and tried to keep it as light as possible um, so that, because I didn't want them to have horrible, you know, flashbacks of, of that time we whisked them away and were terribly scared. But I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There have been some tense moments, especially like if they're not cooperating and we're really stressed at some moment, like, you know, looking for gas, for example, and they're talking or demanding the iPad, etc. It hasn't been completely easy. But yeah, getting some outdoor time every day that we can and making this as much of an adventure as possible. I guess those have been our, our two mainstays. And how are you feeling? Because I mean, as our listeners recall, you are six, almost seven months pregnant. Seven, yeah, yeah, we're coming up on seven. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, the bathroom stops, you know. I think. Yeah, how, do, how do the bathroom trip. stops work on this like long eleven-hour journey? This trip I know. Is clinically dehydrated. I keep. <laughs> I mean, hope, if I end up without a DVT, it really means I was never meant to have a DVT. And no, I've been pretty good. I'm starting to have some weird like tendon stuff, which I think is pregnancy related. And I think it's related to driving because if you have your arm bent for a long time, so annoying stuff you never even really think about. But otherwise, I'm just thankful the baby's inside me because let me tell you, that's <laughs> a, a lot million harder. times easier than taking this journey. I don't know what we would have done if we'd had a brand new newborn. One of my friends actually did just have a baby and she's a Miami Beach resident. Thankfully, her parents live inland and she was able to stay with them. But I was just trying to put myself in her shoes and it was like, I just... 
that would be so hard because how would you feed them? And ugh, diapers. I mean, that's something people don't think about also in terms of natural disasters is having a ready supply of diapers available. And that is huge. I I found um, a couple of places are donating diapers for like Hurricane Harvey relief. For instance, there's a lot of people who got flooded out of their homes in Houston, um, still living in shelters. So that's something people, if you're looking to donate that's something a lot of people don't that think is a great to do. idea because that's doable and such a necessity it's such a necessity and and you know something that makes it'd be hard enough to be in a shelter for instance with a baby and then also to be feel like you're low on diapers or formula or something like that just added stress would be amazing so what's the plan now i mean how are, are you sort of taking your time getting yeah. back or is the hospital open no, again I mean, they don't we know want to get back my office so i'm in a weird situation because i was supposed to attend a work conference like a pediatric endocrinology conference this wednesday so like in two days in dc so i actually don't have the only days so i missed my patient day on friday and i missed today and our office was closed both of those days i think our office is still going to be closed tomorrow so for me the patient care part i'm not really under that much pressure to get back because um, i wasn't booked with patients for the rest of the week anyway because i was supposed to go to a conference however I would kind of still like to go to the conference if possible. Miami seems to be picking back the pieces. I've heard that there's power, at least in some areas of our neighborhood. So what I would really, really love it is if we could get back tomorrow so that I could potentially still go to my conference on Wednesday. However, I'm learning to be very flexible with this. And if that can't happen, that is also completely fine. And that's (laughs) that's tough for a planner, isn't it? Just to, to know that you can't no, exactly. It it's go. very tough. Now, if I had been on call or had clinical duties, I think my plans would have been different. We probably would have either stayed with another faculty member that I know that lives right near the hospital in Hollywood in a non-evacuation zone, or I might have tried to proposition the hospital to see if they would just let me stay with my family in a patient room because that way, hey, I can be there and be of help and my family's safe. So that was sort of my, in the back of my mind, I was thinking if I, if I had been on call, that that's maybe how I would have handled things differently. But thankfully, um, I was not in the hot seat for this one. Yeah. So if you have any advice that you've learned coming out of this for anyone that winds up in, in a situation like this, anything you've learned that you wish you knew at the beginning of it? Oh my goodness. I think the things that I would say, I've learned that it's very hard to stay one step ahead of the crowd. So if you have a gut instinct that you want to fly out of there and it's kind of seems early, you have to do it because I actually, I really did. I had like tickets to Philadelphia in my cart for I think Thursday morning on like, I think I said Tuesday and they were still available then. And then by the time Wednesday rolled around, like there was no chance. So you have to know that a lot of people are going to be wanting to do the same thing. And you sort of have to be a couple steps ahead if you want to do things like book something that runs out. Um, And the other thing is, I guess, to just embrace the sort of like not knowingness of it all. Like you really have to be flexible. Those cones are not set in stone by any way, shape or form. You don't know if something's going to hit you when they think it's not or, you know, the other way around. I guess we're really lucky that Miami didn't get a direct hit when we thought they were. You know, you have to always consider that it could go the other way too. So I guess I just learned how much uncertainty is is part of the evacuation and hurricane life. And I really hope that I 
don't have to practice it again anytime soon. <laughs> Let's, hope not. Let's hope that's it for many years to come. Well, we're going to do this. is going to be a short episode. So Sarah, have you got a love of the week for us? Um, I don't want to jinx myself with my love of the week, but our car has been – okay, the two heroes really of the past five days – well, my husband gets a shout out. He's a huge hero. Actually, he's he's done a lot, like pretty much everything physical because I'm just – at this 28 weeks pregnant state. And there has been nary a complaint. I mean, it's been amazing, but we'll use, you know, we're going to use tangible items. So the two things I would <laughs> Josh say- Josh could be our love of the week. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> He's our love of the week too. But our stroller, our double bob, I actually was like, we don't need to bring that. Come on, they can walk. But, you know, when you have two kids that fall asleep in the middle of the night and you need to bring them to the hotel room, or if you need to cart a bunch of luggage a million different times, that thing is just- it's just a house. It's the best thing ever. So our stroller and also my car should get a really huge shout out. I'm thanking it in advance because it's driven a lot of hours and hasn't done anything bad. And I'm going to cross my fingers that that trend also continues. Is, is this the Prius? <laughs> this is the six-year-old Prius. And yes. So, well, it and didn't it, even it, need that much gas, right? That was <laughs> like you had that in your corner. The thing about the Prius is it doesn't need that much gas, but it also doesn't hold that much gas. Oh, that's true. So that's true. I, it has a normal range, but it doesn't have like an extra special awesome range. I wish it did. Yeah. Then I'd be in better shape. Then you'd for be tomorrow. in better shape for tomorrow. Well, there should be gas tomorrow, hopefully, as you're starting uh, to your way back down. We will see. It's we're actually we'll a okay. concern, but I'll be able to update on the next week. <laughs> on the next episode. Where, yes. Exactly. Well, my my love of the week is, is social media, which we have complained about in other episodes, but it is due to that that I've been able to stay in touch with people who have been in the evacuation zones, who've been, you know, posting about their whereabouts. And it would be annoying to call everyone to tell them where they were. And so a lot of people, I would have been just wondering what's going on. And, and yet they can post and then you can say, okay, good. That person's safe. This person's safe. It has been amazing to have access to that. And it's funny to think that, you know, even 20 years ago, we, we didn't have that. And, and so, yes, the internet takes away many things, but it has some wonderful aspects to it as well. So I think that's my love of the week. But anyway, thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been a very short, special mini episode of Best of Both Worlds talking about Sarah's evacuation from Hurricane Irma. We will be back next week with our usual topics. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.